The Conspiracy Files on Tip Today. And Ali is with me and under her oxter she has more conspiracies for it. This, this, I know I say this every time, but this is fascinating. Will you tell us it what does. you're going to talk to us about this? This time? is one of my favourite, favourite conspiracy theories and it's the most interesting and the most crazy. So before you hear this, you have to leave all logic at the door. Mm. This is the famous story of Mel's Hole. Mel's Hole is a hole that is... I suppose, deemed to be a bottomless pit and it's near Ellensburg in Washington. Mm. Mel's hole looks like an ordinary well, but it's not a well. It's nine foot nine inches in diameter. It has a stone wall around it. I suppose people here might refer to it as a sluggera. Have you heard the term the sluggera before? No, never, no. It's like um, a part of the ground that kind of caves in and creates maybe a cave or a hole underneath it. So that's maybe what we would call it here. But Mel was discovering, Mel bought this property in the mid-80s. And this hole had been used, as far as anyone could remember, for generations as a bit of a dumping ground in the community. So everyone would come and throw something into this hole. It could be rubbish, it could be furniture, old cars, even dead animals went into this hole. So Mel was wondering after a few years why this hole was never filling up. And it never ever filled up. And not only that, but Mel noticed that whenever anything was dropped into the hole, you would never hear it land. So it made him wonder then how deep this hole really was. So Mel then decided he was going to set about to see how deep the hole actually was. So Mel was an avid fisherman. He used a fishing line and to the fishing line he attached a one pound weight and he went down the full length of the fishing line, which was 4,500 feet. so nearly 5,000 feet. And he reached the end of that line without hitting the bottom. So Mel was wondering if maybe he'd hit water and that's why he felt like he didn't hit the bottom. Mm. So what he did was he pulled the line back up. Then he attached a roll of Lifesavers, which are sweets in the US. They'd be kind of like, you know, silver mints here. Mints or something, yeah. So he thought then if he attached them and they hit water, they would dissolve. So he'd know straight away. So he dropped down the sweets, down into the hole as far as he could, left it there for a few minutes, brought it back up and they were completely dry. So he knew he hadn't hit any water. So what he did then, he got another spool of fishing line, attached it to the one he had dropped already. So that brought his depth to 9,000 feet. He dropped that, but still reached no bottom. So he kept going. Spool after spool went down, still no bottom. By the time he'd used up all of the spools, he'd reached 80,000 feet, still hadn't reached the bottom. Now, not only that, but anything that was dropped, as I said, you would never hear it land But there was also strange behaviour with animals when it came to the hole. Birds, he reported, would never fly around the hole. They'd never fly over or near it. Animals would never approach it. He had dogs and he said whenever he would approach the hole, the dogs would stay back and there was nothing in the world that could make them come closer to the hole. So he also asked his neighbours, because all the neighbours, of course, had used the hole. And he asked if they had any strange animal experiences around the hole. And a neighbour said, you know what, Mel? I actually did, but I've never told anybody because everyone will think I'm crazy. So Mel said, tell me. So the neighbour said his dog had died. And after the dog had died, he dumped the body of the dog into the hole. Then he said a few days later, he was walking in the woods and he saw the dog walking around in the woods. His own dog? His own dog that he had dumped into the hole a few days earlier. Mel asked him, are you sure you weren't mistaken? Could it have been a different dog? The man said, no, I know it was my dog because it was wearing the same collar that he'd on when I dumped him in the hole. Um, The only thing was the neighbour said he didn't know who I was. 
He didn't come when he was called. He behaved like a totally different dog, not the dog that I had, but I know that was my dog. So Mel then decided there's something strange going on here, not only that with the animals, but he'd pick up strange signals on radio whenever a radio was near it. And also what he thought was very strange, if you shouted into the hole, there was no echo. So that shouldn't have happened. I mean, scientifically and geologically speaking, you should hear an echo if you shout into a vacuum or into a hole or a cave. So in 1997, Mel was getting nowhere trying to determine the depth of this hole. So he decided to get advice from a wider audience. Mm. So in 1997, in the US, when you have a strange problem, where do you go? You go to Art Bell (laughs) from Coast to Coast Radio. And anyone who doesn't know about Art Bell... He began his radio career in the late 70s. He only retired the early 2000s. He ran a late night talk show on Coast to Coast Radio, but this was syndicated all over the US and Canada. And he really thrived on these kind of out there stories mm. and out there callers. And it was kind of the only outlet for people like Mel and people with strange ideas to come on and give their view. So he first appeared on Art Bell in 1997. Here's just a little clip of what he said. All right. When did you discover this hole? Well, the hole, the hole has always been there. We've been out there for a couple of years now. And, uh, you know, the hole has been there since we've been there. It's been there since the previous owner was there. And the previous owner there was quite elderly. And I, I'd say he was there for a good 30, 40 years before we moved in. Wow. It's incredible. Tell me more about the radio signals and uh, the like. Yeah, it was strange because Mel would report and he told Art Bell this, that if you brought a radio near the hole, it would go completely static and then you would start picking up a signal from somewhere else completely. He said that one day he picked up old-timey type music, kind of like from the 30s or 40s, he said. He changed the channel then just to see and then he found, he came across a baseball game commentary. But the game he was listening to is a game that had been played in 1967. But it was a game that was being broadcast like it was live. So over the course of several shows, Mel was on and off with Art Bell all the time. It was one of the most popular subjects that was on the Art Bell show. Mm. Uh, So he was on a number of times. So the good news with that is that Mel was getting some great advice in how to determine the depth of the hole. Uh, Like he was told to use radar use lasers in order to measure the distance. But the problem with this and bringing it to a wider audience is that it was getting a bit easier to determine where Mel's hole was. Now, the exact location is only known by very few people and nobody knows the exact location, but you can get a kind of a thereabouts from clues in Mm. what he is saying. Um, So then a day after an appearance on Art Bell again, Mel said that he was driving home and he reached a roadblock in his property and the U.S. military were at the scene and had completely cordoned off the area. So Mel called Art Bell again to tell him and said that this cordoning off of the area had followed after a few days of very strange activity on the property. Here's what he told Art Bell. Uh, after the show, on Friday night, I went out there and uh, and uh, noticed uh, there was some, some helicopter activity around the property. There was further helicopter activity the next day. 
and so I figured that uh, clearly uh, somebody out there listens to your program. Oh, yes. And did the military explain their presence? They did. What they said was that there was a plane crash in the area and they had to cordon off the area. Now, there were no reports of any plane crashes at all in the area, no smoke in the area, nothing. And the military had brought in really heavy machinery as well to be brought in. So Mel then asked to speak to whoever was in charge. He was met by a man in a black suit... Hmm. Hmm. who told him that the land would be in the government's possession until they deemed the site to be clear. Mel said he was also told that if it just so happened that a drugs lab may be found on the land, he would never, ever get it back. So Mel then threatened to go to the media. He was told, work away, nobody will ever believe you. So, of course, Mel, of course, went back then to Art Bell with an update. Uh, He told Art Bell as well that the day the government took possession of the whole that neighbours reported seeing a black beam shining up from the hole into the sky. An elderly neighbour then, they started talking about the hole, an elderly neighbour told him that many years ago there were large stone pillars that surrounded the hole that had disappeared overnight and nobody could explain where the pillars went. So the story captivated everyone who was listening. So Mel was asked to come on again and give an update. But... This was an interview. They had been done by phone all along. This time Mel said he was coming into studio with the pictures and everything that he had. But when he was scheduled to come on, he was an absolute no-show. So Art Bell then wondered if he'd been had. So he sent his own team to investigate and here's what they reported. Maybe my audience is not aware, but a television crew uh, went up to Ellensburg after we did the last program. Mm-hmm. and uh, researched this. And I'll be doggone, they didn't find the hole, but they did find uh, near the area where you were talking about a lot of military blueprints oh, yeah. and all kinds of uh, information that would in- indicate the military, in fact, had been there or was there. Oh, they would have probably seen a lot of yellow gear tread marks in the, um, yep. on the ground. Yep, 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 yep. So what happened to Mel? So Mel disappeared, went off the face of the earth for three years. He resurfaced then after three years. And what he said was that the government had made him an offer, that he signed a non-disclosure agreement. He moved to Australia, but after three years was missing his family, so decided to come back to the US, despite everyone advising him not to. He again made contact with Art Bell to explain why he disappeared. When you and I last spoke, um, your encounter with those strange folks up there, you had another encounter with them, and they made you an offer you couldn't refuse. Yeah, yeah. Well, first they intimidated the hell out of me. Uh, Ultimately, they did make me an offer that I could not refuse, and I will tell you the offer that they made me. We put together a very interesting package and a very interesting lease on the land. Yeah, you told me that they had made you an offer for the land, essentially, which was going to be, if I recall correctly, leasing it... In perpetuity. In perpetuity. In other words, forever or for your life anyway. That's exactly. Yeah, but the story of him making his way to the studio, that's that's kind of incredible, isn't it? It is incredible. And there's another story in relation to that. Because with this interview, again, Art Bell asked Mel, would he come into studio with all of the evidence that he had so his team could look through it? Mel agreed. So he was coming into the studio for the interview. But he claims that when he was on the way there, he was on a bus, a public bus. He said there was an altercation or a fight between two passengers on the bus. It didn't involve him, but the police were called as a result of it. He says as a result of the police being there, the people that were on the bus were transferred onto another bus. And as he was walking onto that other bus, he blacks out completely. He remembers nothing. He says he woke up 12 days later in an alleyway in San Francisco... He said his wallet and keys were missing. 
His arm was hurting. And when he pulled up his sleeve to see why his arm was sore, he had needle marks in his arm. He could also taste blood in his mouth and then discovered his back teeth were missing. My God. So he called into Art Bell again. And then he claimed the government took legal action against him for illegal structures on his property, which are what he claims the government put there. And this was the day after he appeared on Art Bell. He said his bank account was completely wiped. He said he was being punished as a result of breaking his non-disclosure agreement and coming back to the US and going back to the media. So Art Bell then was a bit mistrustful of poor old Mel because Mel kept disappearing every time he was mm. meant to come into the studio. So Art Bell discovered that there's a no-fly zone over the hole and that terror server, which would have been Google Maps before Google Maps was a thing, that this, they had that section of land at Mel's Hole blacked out on all of its maps, both online and in print. So Mel at this stage had lost everything. Everything. So, as a result of that last interview with Art Bell, he was contacted by a Native American tribe based in Nevada. They wanted him to come and help research something for them. They had another bottomless hole. Here's what he told Art Bell. They took you to it. They took me there. I was, I was not, I did not go all the way up to the hole, but there was conversations between uh, uh, the Native Americans and the Basque and the blah, blah, blah. And they basically uh, uh, agreed that, you know, everything was as it should be, that I wasn't, you know, from CNN or the FBI or CIA or right, whatever. Right, right. Uh, and so I went there and uh, uh, I got to see the hole. Now, all right. What's there? So, what is there? This hole, it's not on a reservation itself. It's actually on public land, and it's land occupied by the Basque, which many are familiar with came from Spain. But the Basque also settled in America in the 1800s, and they used the land for sheep and for for shepherding. So they told Mel that the hole had been there as long as they were. This hole was slightly different to Mel's. Mel had a stone retaining wall around his. The Nevada hole had a steel collar. And it was warm to the touch and the area around it was very warm. But the steel around it never made a sound when struck. So Mel even tested that. He dropped a tool on the steel collar and it was completely silent. There was no sound from it. So Mel then, along with the Basque and along with the Native Americans, decided they would conduct their own series of tests on the whole. So, sit yourself down, Francis. Here's where it gets a bit crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. First test they did, they lowered down a bucket of ice to see if it would melt. So they went down to uh, a depth of about a thousand feet. They kept some ice on the surface as a control. So when the surface ice melted, they pulled up the ice from the hole. That ice hadn't melted, but it had changed consistency. And they describe it now being like small blocks of salt. So they tried then to melt these little salt blocks over a flame, but it wouldn't melt. In fact, it actually caught fire. And not only that, but the fire continued to burn for months and couldn't be put out. So one of the Basque people then, very stupidly, volunteered to go down the hole himself to test the effect on the human body. Nobody, of course, would allow him, so they decided instead to send a sheep. So this poor sheep was obviously reluctant and fought (laughs) going into the poor hole. Go on. (laughs) And it was put into a crate and lowered down, kicking and screaming. At about 1,000 feet down, the movement stopped and the sheep was silent. Those waiting then at the opening then reported a very loud hum that they say reverberated throughout their body. They left the sheep down there for 30 minutes and then pulled it back up. When the crate came back up, the crate itself was fine, completely undamaged, came up the same way it went down, but the sheep was dead. But there was no obvious injuries on the sheep. Now the Basque being shepherds, they know how to butcher sheep, so they took it for an autopsy. 
they noticed that the sheep looked like it had been cooked from the inside and taking up the entire inside cavity of the sheep was what Mel described as a giant tumour. Oh, God. But as they looked at it, the tumour started to move. Ah, stop. Then they cut the tumour open and what they found was what Mel described as a fetal seal with the eyes of a human. He said it moved across, slithered across the table and they felt that it wanted to go back to the hole. So the creature and the people stood there studying each other for about two hours. Mel said the creature smelled like ammonia and it couldn't be picked up because it was too slippery. And then after two hours, it jumped back into the hole again. At this time, Mel claims that he was suffering from late-stage esophageal cancer and that he'd been told he only had a few months to live. But following this encounter, he was declared cancer-free. He thinks that he was cured and that he had a transcendent experience with whatever this was that came out of the hole. This he all told to Art Bell on Coast to Coast. The show ends. We don't hear from Mel again for another few months. Then he calls into Art Bell again a few months later with an update. Remember the salty ice that burned for months? Yeah. Well, a local Basque shepherd took that fire to his cabin to keep warm for the winter because, of course, this is a fire that never goes out, mm. so everyone will want it. It was in a stove. He said the fire, the only issue with the fire is that it pulled all of the moisture from the air, from the outside. His skin was dry, his lips were dry. It pulled all of the moisture. One day he came home, the stove had collapsed into the ground. There was no way to get it back up, so he, all he did was cover up the hole. He came home another day. The cabin was gone. It had disappeared down into the hole as well. So the Basque then claimed that they were visited periodically by the seal creature that had come out of the sheep. Uh, they also reported brightly coloured birds circling this new hole. And these birds were immune to bullets because locals were trying to shoot them down to get a better look at them. Now, the Basque also claimed that the seal creature communicated with them periodically over radios through a series of beeps and clicks, which the Basque people could understand and said that the seal creature was warning them that the ice is dangerous if it falls into the wrong hands. So Art Bell then asked if there were recordings of that language of the clicks and beeps. Mel said there was because the Basque were very careful about recording everything. So Mel then agrees for the third time to come on the show in person. He'd bring the recordings, all the photos and video they took in Nevada, as well as the ones from his own one in, in Ellensburg in Washington as well. He hangs up, the show ends... Mel has never heard from again. Never again? Never again. He disappears. Nobody knows what happened to Mel after that phone call. So, to conclude on that, I mean, Art Bell has always wondered if he was had by Mel, mm. given the fact every time he said he'd come on the show, he never appeared. But if you believe Mel, he was always stopped from appearing on the show and putting forth the evidence that he had. When it comes to the location of Mel's hole, I mean, this has been discussed for a long number of years since Mel appeared on the show back in 1997. And as I said, the exact location has never been determined. But there are many theories and people have searched for it for years. And even if you YouTube it now, you'll have people who will take treks in the area who claim to have found something that fits the description of what the, the hole maybe was. Um, but many theorise that once the government took possession of it, that was it. Nobody was ever going to find it because they could have just covered it over. So to this day, it's never been found. Now, when you delve into it as well and when you look for Mel's background, investigations will reveal that no such person was ever listed as residing in that area, that there's no credible evidence that the hole ever existed. Now, what hurts Mel's story, of course, is the lack of pictures and video evidence. He also claimed the cameras wouldn't really work near the hole, so he had a lot of pictures, but he said they were... 
they weren't very clear and you couldn't make out much from them. Mel, his personality type as well, he was quite scatty. So he'd say he had something, but he could never put his hands on it or he didn't know where it was, but it was somewhere. Now, many will claim that Mel's hole was a hoax, but I suppose it's worth remembering that Mel could have made an awful lot of money on this because this was probably one of the biggest conspiracy theories in the US during the early 90s. He never made a cent off it. He could have had lines of people coming up to visit that hole. He could have sold T-shirts. I visited Mel's hole. Like mm-hmm. this, anything. He would have made a fortune. He never, ever cashed in on it. But, it, you know, it's a story that got crazier and crazier, but he was always very consistent with it and his facts. And Art Bell, even when he was asked about it, he said he tried so many times to trip him up and prove him wrong, but he was never, ever able to. And what is the notion? It was some sort of portal into time or into space? Or into... That's the theory. It could be a portal into another dimension. It could be a portal into some other planet. It could be a portal into Middle Earth, which is what I might do for another show, because there is also a theory that there is a world underneath us that is inhabited. Um, that we're not filled with this iron molten core that uh, geologists believe, but that there's the whole Uh. universe. And that's where the Atlantans actually live now is Middle Earth. So some people believe that. But whether or not Mel's Hole is a hoax, we don't know and we'll never know. But the bottom line is, it's a bloody fantastic story. It's an amazing story, absolutely amazing. The the only thing I I, I don't figure is... um, Art Bell, you said that he sent some of his people he did. to check out, but they must have known roughly where the area was. They knew roughly, and they couldn't identify exactly where it was, but where they thought it was looked like there was a lot of military activity okay. in that area, but they were never able to find the actual hole itself. All right, Barry is on to say they love this part of the show. Patrick was on to say they love this part. A lot of people out there who are very fond of the Italian. odd conspiracies. Theory, uh, it's a strange know. brain we have. Yeah, Go on, tell me. Um, we, I always ask you this at the end of a conspiracy story. Do you believe that Mel existed? Um, do you believe that his experiences were truthful? The I'm not, there are parts of it I believe and parts of it I don't believe. I think the magic seal, as some people yeah, would call I it. Yeah, I think that's... that's it's uh, really out there. But I mean, why would he make a crazy story even crazier with a, a magic seal? I don't. There are aspects of it I do believe. Yes. And when you look at the terror server aspect of it, where everything to do around that area was completely blacked out for a long time. Incredible. Is there a book? There's no book no on Mel Soul. Right. You'll have to do a deep dive online. There is no book. All right. Well, we leave you back to deep diving <laughs> online, Ellie. And thanks very thanks much indeed for that. That's our conspiracy file for this week. We'll take a break back in just a